0: Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning.
1: And I'm Trinity French.
0: And we are your business coaches at wired to change
1: With the number two.
0: We help you get your business to the level you want it to be so you can enjoy the life of a small business owner.
1: And man, do you see the bags under my eyes? (laughs) Sometimes being a business owner is just burning the candle at every stinking end.
0: Yeah, we'll go with that story. Yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. And after this, heading out to do more showings. Yeah, you do. It's been, it's been quite a week. Yes. How's your week going, Mike?
0: Week's going good. Good day today. Had a coaching session this morning. Our mastermind group, B and I, the podcast, and a networking event tonight. So Thursdays are the best.
1: Yeah. Let's get to talk are, all day. It's my favorite favorite oh, yeah. day of the week.
0: Yep. And because we have great guests, that's why Thursday's such a good day. We
1: do, which is an amazing segue. Good job <laughs> on that. And we are going to introduce our very, 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 very special guest, Miss. Haley Gray. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Isn't it? Don't you just love this podcast studio? I feel so professional in here.
0: Purple comma studios, folks, go reserve your time now.
1: It is amazing. Anyone can, anyone, if we can put on a podcast, anyone can do it. It's
0: very technical because we have to walk through the door, sit in our chair and start. So it's very technical. You might not want to know what you're doing before you walk in. And
1: usually I show up at (laughs) least five minutes before, but sometimes I come in here with my hair on fire.
0: Yeah, which (laughs) makes for a better start. So, yeah. So,
1: So Haley, this is the first time that you and I have met in person. We are, we're online friends. We.
2: Yeah, we're like fake. You know, virtual friends. Your
0: COVID friends.
2: We're COVID friends. That's what I'm calling my friends now that I've not
0: met yet. They're my COVID friends.
2: Oh, so you you met during COVID? You met
0: them online. You haven't met them face-to-face. They're COVID friends, yeah.
2: Because I've been meeting people online for like 20 plus years. So those are my COVID friends too?
0: Sure. I don't think Europe counts as COVID because you're rarely going to meet them. (laughs) But yeah, anybody we've met since March 23rd and you haven't met face-to-face yet, but you know them real well because of Zoom or Mm GoToMeeting, they're your COVID friends.
1: Awesome, I'll take it.
0: Yeah. yeah. I like
1: my new COVID friends. Me too. And we're really excited to get to know you a little bit better and to learn more about your business and tips that you're going to share with our listeners because we always make sure that they come away listening to the show with some good nuggets. Speaking of nuggets... Uh You have have me, (laughs) like, I'm starving, and Haley mentioned chicken nuggets earlier, and I was like, ooh, Chick-fil-A. I might have to hit that up.
0: Let me make you even hungrier. Now, Haley's known for many things literally around the world. She's got her leadership girls. She's got a Facebook group, Women's Entrepreneur Network, has almost 70,000 members, has all kinds of events going on, people all over the world, a couple I've got got to meet, Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me, COVID friends now. But Haley might be most famous in the area for ding-dong ditching people with cinnamon buns.
1: What?
0: Oh, yeah. Just about every other weekend, she's like, hey, making cinnamon buns, put in your order. And and with her big heart, she delivers them.
2: Wow. Sourdough cinnamon rolls. Well, some people get them delivered, and some people come pick them up off my porch. Yeah. That sounds amazing. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I don't really like to bake, but I like to eat.
0: But it's a family
2: event. <laughs> My 17-year-old has figured out how to turn it into an entire process. And in fact, he's in charge of the actual baking process. Oh, So I'm not allowed to touch the cinnamon rolls after they're rolled out. <laughs> because he has the whole thing down to a science on how dark they have to be, exactly how much they have to rise before they go into the oven, how he's going to glaze them when they come out. It's an entire process. And if I inadvertently, like, cross any lines, then I get in trouble. I get reprimanded for improper cinnamon roll production. Well, it sounds like he has a pretty good managerial future in his um, forecast.
1: Or maybe he'll go get his um, Six Sigma black belt yeah. and be uh, working
2: on all the processes and systems. Yeah, he's just a third Third-generation engineer. He just can't help himself.
0: I thought you were going to say that you guys promote contactless delivery. That's why he wraps them immediately. You're not allowed to touch them, but not the case, huh?
2: Um, <laughs> well, I yeah, that too. I mean, he's pretty particular about, you know, how they have to be wrapped and all that. Yeah. The entire baking process is
1: his. So how did you start with the cinnamon bun
2: thing? COVID. COVID? I decided that I had never mastered the art of actually making a decent cinnamon roll previously. And I had bariatric surgery a year and a half ago. And so I can't really eat regular cinnamon rolls anymore because they cause me a lot of grief, but I can eat anything sourdough. So I decided I was going to master a sourdough cinnamon roll. Oh, And that's what I set out to do. And because it was COVID, I had the bandwidth to play. (laughs) And my husband, God love him, has brought home hundreds and hundreds of pounds of flour and yeast and sugar and the whole nine yards. So we started playing and now we've been ordering flour in bulk (laughs) in 50 pound bags. Wow. (laughs) Wow. This is becoming quite the family affair. It has become quite the entertainment, yes.
1: That's awesome. And what a great way to keep in contact Mm. with your referral partners, your friends, the people that support your business, and do something that is very personalized, but that people are just going to eat up.
2: The eye roll. <laughs> Speaking of editing things out. Yeah. She's going to give us a pundicitis.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Love it. I knew you two would get along. How many dozens of cinnamon rolls we guys make on an average weekend?
2: Um, it depends on the weekend. So anywhere between 10 and 40. <laughs> nice <Wow>. range. <laughs> goodness gracious. Put your order
0: in next time you hear yeah, yeah, no doubt. Send Scott.
2: This is like our
1: third or fourth guest that has yeah. done something baking related, and it's really making me feel like I
2: need to up my game.
0: Or eat before like you show every, up. Here.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, and the nice thing about it is that I just need victims, uh, people to eat the cinnamon rolls after we've baked them. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, because the worst thing is to have them sitting around the house because then I would want to nibble on them mm-hmm. all the time.
0: Like Scott doesn't make enough good stuff for you to eat.
1: Oh yeah. He's yeah. he's been cut off. We're we're yeah. actually he ordered something the other day. We're doing one of those meal delivery kits now again. Okay. Um, to try to get back to eating healthy and get rid of this COVID weight mm-hmm. and the post wedding. I mean, we've been having a lot of fun this last year, mm. but Man, we just started packing on the pudgies and need to get our our little booties back in gear.
0: And by the way, uh, it was Sunday. Was their first year anniversary? Yes. Do you remember when you were? Thank uh, you. Your first year anniversary. Your first anniversary.
2: I have no idea. It's mm. been so long. I don't I think I can remember <laughs> I when the dinosaurs <laughs> roamed the earth. <laughs> well, we had an
1: awesome weekend thanks to our friends Nikki and Charlie Crow. Mm-hmm. We. Um, All again, my life is kind of just has this like golden tint. No, No, because they let us borrow their camper and they took it out to Jordan Lake, which is a really beautiful lake here in um, the Apex area in North Carolina. And all we did was show up with our camping stuff and they had it set up and tiki torches lit and everything was just perfect for us. And... Very turnkey. So if you want to rent a camper, a yes. little plug for them, they also go. rent their camper out.
0: And you know what the hardest thing was for them to spend a quiet weekend together? They don't know how to relax.
1: No. Yeah. The first day was terrible. No wifi. Each- no Wi-Fi? No <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. And, and of course, um, we had to drive to the gas station a couple times because Scott had to set his fantasy lineup yeah. and Priority. I needed to check email. So we had to venture off the campground to, mm. to get Wi-Fi.
2: I feel kind of the same way right now because we're about to be empty nesters. We've mm-hmm. got one kid actually left at home and we're like, oh, wow, we actually have to talk to each other now. Nobody left to talk to.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Becky and I went through that too. It's so just the yep. two of us. Uh,
1: just the two of you. And what's your husband's name? My husband's name is Richard. Richard. Hi, Richard. Hope yeah. you listen to the show. <laughs> you will So now. <laughs> I know um, a bit about you because of you know, perpetually stalking you on Facebook and LinkedIn and watching your online persona. So what do you think was the turning point when you decided that you wanted to be a woman business owner?
2: It was actually while I was working my last corporate job. And my manager told me over and over again that after I got my MBA, I was going to leave. And it started off as me not even thinking I was going to leave the company. And I was like, that's just ridiculous. Of course, I'm not going to leave. And it eventually became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Tell somebody they're going to do something enough times. (laughs) They're going to do it. They might eventually do it. Yeah. Well,
1: that's exciting. So you have the corporate experience. And then you ventured out. And what was the first business that you started? Because I know that you have quite a few endeavors going on.
2: Right. So I left corporate and I started a senior non-medical private duty home care agency called Extension of You Home Care. And I also bought a Care Patrol franchise, which is helping families find assisted living Um, and memory care, and independent living kind of facility. So it was a big change from going from being a computer programmer and manager to senior care. Tiny little change.
1: How did you, is that something that just sort of fell in your lap, or did you search that out? How did you find that opportunity?
2: I did that intentionally. I started Extension of You from the ground up, because I saw, and I experienced so many challenges with taking care of my own parents, caregivers who would show up late, caregivers who wouldn't do what they were supposed to do. My dad had very advanced dementia by the end, and we even had caregivers who left him unattended for two or three hours. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not good. No. And, I mean, we had, you know, I can dare say the full gamut of stuff. You know, they would leave him sitting soiled in his own, you know, used diaper and you know it was it was really really sad and it was born out of that experience that I was like hey I'm gonna do something a little bit different and I did that for three years um, until my oldest daughter um, suffered a traumatic brain injury from a fall from a horse mm-hmm. and I couldn't take care of her and my home care agency and my care patrol business at the same time anymore. So I had to make that very difficult decision to take care of my oldest.
1: Well, I think most of us would have made that.
2: That I think you made the right call. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah. so, Family first. Mm-hmm. Yep. And many, many hospitalizations later, um, severe psychiatric issues, dealing with her, and that has really reinforced my decision to be an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, needing the flexibility to take care of my daughter. Mm-hmm. And being able to do that has been super important to me. And I got some f- fabulous news yesterday that we finally have secured funding for long-term housing for her so hopefully she'll be going into a group home soon and get released from the hospital. So I'm really excited. Good. That's
1: awesome. I saw that yep. actually. Cause I, again, stalk you online and saw
2: that you were <laughs> battling with that. So that's fantastic news. That is phenomenal news. And I will say most people are as bad as it sounds, not as lucky as we are because her case is so severe. Her psych- psychiatric issues are so severe that we have been able to qualify for services. We've been able to qualify for Medicare and we've been able to qualify for disability and we've been able to qualify for housing assistance for her because she's just not safe in our home anymore. Right. And I talked to a lot of parents who have children who are maybe on the spectrum or who have psychiatric issues but they're not as severe as ours. And they can wait 13 to 15 years to get the exact same assistance that we're getting. Wow. And wow. it's only because my daughter is such a risk to herself and others that we're able to get assistance but at this care. point. But it's been five years of battling.
1: Dang. She's got a good mama.
2: Thanks. Mama well, bear's
1: coming out. She's getting that money and she's yep. getting that housing no matter what.
0: And Haley's one of the stories... When you say, if you want something done, you give it to a busy person. Because you've got not only that, but you've got three empires that I know of Mm -hmm. to run. A couple other kids. you got a husband, enough said there. Where Mm -hmm. do we start on that point, right? Uh, Pretty impressive. You have time enough each day?
2: (laughs) Um, I'm a big believer that if something is important enough to you, the things that are important to you, you're going to get done. One way or another, you're going to find a way to make the important things happen. So most of us are going to figure out how to get, you know, shelter over our heads, food mm-hmm. in our bellies, and take care of our families, whatever that means. So when I hear an entrepreneur or I hear somebody say, oh, I don't have time for that, a mm-hmm. lot of times I, I really hear that's just not a priority for me at this time. Mm-hmm. Amen.
0: And the older I get, the more I'm a believer of we're just bad time managers because you're not busy. Some people are, but most people aren't busy. They're just unorganized. And so they're flailing all the time. They're going from chore to chore instead of organized going through it and more efficiently, and we're just not organized. We're not busy. We're just unorganized.
2: Well, it's, it's also... One of the things that I learned when I was at Duke getting my MBA prior to leaving from corporate name dropper, I know. Um, <laughs> shame on me. And you're wearing Duke blue, and it's I'm wearing so Duke fitting. Blue. Um, so, I, what I learned because I was working full time, I was taking care of my dad, I was taking care of full, four kids. I had three Girl Scout troops that I was leading at the time, and my <laughs> husband worked his butt off. It took an entire village to get me through that program. But I learned very much that it's amazing how much time we waste in a single day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, you know, if it's important to you to work out, you're going to find a way to make it happen. I mean, I had a trainer who shut up on my doorstep at 6.30 three days a week because that was the only way I was going to have time to work out. Coach Chris? Uh, it wasn't Coach Chris okay. at the time because I hadn't yet met him.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but then I had a very planned out day and planned out schedule. This time to this time is dad time. This is when we're going to eat dinner together. This is when we're doing this. This is when I'm driving kids. This is when I'm working. And believe it or not, I got a major promotion during those two years that I was in the program because I was so focused on eliminating anything that didn't absolutely have to happen. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't vitally important to keeping a roof over my head, my career, my family, or getting through the program It's amazing how much more productive I suddenly became. That's her
0: middle name, systems and processes. People don't know that.
2: And so (laughs) many people,
1: I mean, I have not to call out any of my friends, but I am on a lot of group chats because (laughs) this day and age group chats are just so popular. (laughs) And I am notoriously the one that does not read the group chat. Um, I will ask for the cliff notes version. What do I need to know? Like we were going camping this weekend and they've been group chatting about this camping trip for weeks. And finally I was like, when do I need to show up and what do I need to bring? Because I just, those types of things don't provide any value and they are just a time suck. Mm -hmm.
0: But you're like the groom. What time? What do I wear? What do
1: I wear? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) When do I show up? What do I have to wear? And what are my responsibilities? And once I'm there, good good to go. (laughs) So how, which, which business came first? So you have Leadership Girl, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm not familiar with what is Leadership Girl?
2: So Leadership Girl is kind of where it all started. It started as a blog and doing business consulting. So when I was at Duke, people kept coming to me saying, hey, you're getting this handy dandy new MBA. Can you help me with this business problem I have? So I started helping small business owners at the time with a lot of their business issues. Mm -hmm. And it has evolved and morphed over time. And Leadership Girl is actually the name of my business, my actual business, fiercely marketing is just a DBA. So we, um, grew leadership girl, but it's not very descriptive because almost half of my clients are men. So I decided a couple of years ago that I was going to start pulling things apart. So leadership girl is the parent company, but it's also the name of my blog. And it's a website and I'm providing a limited number of services through there, but it's primarily the blog. And then Fiercely Marketing is my digital marketing agency and Women's Entrepreneur Network and its associated pieces and parts are my Facebook group and um, the YouTube channel and all of those bits and pieces and parts that go with that.
0: Leadership Girls the next Marvel movie coming out. <laughs> if people want good connections, uh, we're in the group. Uh, some, obviously, we're obviously going to speak highly of it, but Women's Entrepreneur Network, you're coming up on 70,000 people. There's content in there every day on life and business, and there's people commenting and helping each other. So if you're not on, if you're not in Women's Entrepreneur network and you're listening to this go join tell them trinity and mike sent you and say hi to haley but you're going to learn something you're going to meet people
1: you know what i love about your group because i am a member of a lot of groups online and they are not all created equally (laughs) and i think that The amount like there's really great content, but there's not all of the like bitching and complaining that happens in so many other groups. And I have a Facebook group that is only like 500 members and it's very specific to networking and personal development. And I keep all of the fluff and the crap out of there. And I know just from moderating a group that small that you really have to stay on top of
2: that to keep the quality of the group going. It's like herding cats (laughs) Mm -hmm. 24 seven. So we have over 40 volunteer admins in the group, admins and moderators. We have several hundred posts that people apply to put into the group a day, 95, 98% of which we delete and our moderators and admins go through every single post and they watch all the threads in there like a hawk for all of the fake self-promo groups, for all of the Bitcoin mm-hmm. you know, pyramid scheme, illegal stuff that, or shady stuff that needs to be deleted. And we're constantly block, remove, block, remove. I mean, it's a beautiful button. Block, you know, remove this member and delete all of their comments and posts from the last seven days is like the most amazing tool (laughs) ever on Facebook.
0: And the bots have been busy lately, haven't they?
2: The bots have been going bonkers lately.
0: I've gotten emails. And I know when you get an email from a friend that you're already friends with and you connect. And I tried this the other day and it worked. Guy I've known for years said, hey, let's connect. I'm like, okay, hi. And then you get the standard, how are you? Well, mm-hmm. that's not how he talks. And I said, fine, can you tell me how we met? <laughs> I haven't heard from him since. At right. It. Yeah. Well,
2: <laughs> yeah. and a lot of people are getting their accounts hacked right yeah. now. So Facebook is moving to a very strict two-factor authentication for most uses um, and most accounts at this point because of the hacking issues. And what ends up happening is that accounts get hacked and you'll get people applying to be in your group that have been Facebook members for 5, 10, 11 years, but they don't have any recent posts on them. And you can, can <clears throat> spot a hacked profile a mile away. And then they basically get turned into a zombie account. And um, those are really difficult because you have to spot the zombies.
0: And lately, I've been get I've gotten probably about a dozen in the last two weeks just these really hot-looking girls with no connections to anything, no real anything. So, I click on their name. It's always two. The format's the same. It's two pictures of them and nothing else over here. And my guess is they just want to get in your system, in your Facebook, on your computer. Is that the goal of that?
2: There are all kinds of different scams that go with that. So, you get the hot chicks- I get the guys that post pictures of themselves that are like military veterans, generals, mm-hmm. such and such, oh. you know, all these. Yeah, like, they have bots for girls, too.
0: Well, good.
2: And, well, and sometimes they get their it's wires. Equal opportunity botting system. <laughs> so we sometimes get the hot chicks sent to us as well. I do get a lot of hot chicks. Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: it's so funny when every once in a while I'll see that the hot chick has a mutual friend and I'm like, oh, that sucker fell for it. <laughs> yeah. <'Cause
2: laughs> My personal favorite lately is baiting them. So they'll slide into my posts on Facebook and they'll be like, hey, baby, I was trying to send you a Facebook friend request, but you weren't accepting it. So will you send me one instead? And, you know, rather than go F you and the horse you rode in on, I'm usually like, yeah, I'll be happy to accept it. Do you mind if I broadcast it live to all 100,000 of my followers while I do it? (laughs)
1: And they delete it. Got another one. You have to (coughs) fight those bots
2: off.
0: So they're impressive.
2: Well, and I think that they have, um, you know, basically, just like, you know, how they have phone banks of people Mm -hmm. in India and Russia that are, you know, making all these spam robo calls you have the same thing going on with facebook profiles you mm-hmm. know with them trying to scam you out of money so whether it's in india or pakistan or you know russia or some other country or even in africa it's really an impressive like level of organized crime mm-hmm. that they're trying to get you to wire the money or whatever they can get out of you
1: yeah, I see that a lot in real estate with, and we have to be very, very careful, because people will try to steal wiring information, they'll pretend to be a home buyer, and then cancel the transaction. Like, there's just all sorts of crazy stuff. I would love if all these people that are trying to do things in shisty ways would just go out and, you know, get a real job and actually do something productive that benefits society, but...
0: They're making too much money doing what they're
2: doing. (laughs) (laughs) Or they think that they're going to make more money doing stuff the sheisty way. Yeah. And unfortunately for some of them, they do.
1: So Haley, what would you say is the best way? So for um, all of our women in business who are listening, I definitely think you need to go out and you need to join Haley's Mm -hmm. group.
2: Well, men too. We have about 5% men.
1: Yeah, we have a few smart men. And then once they join the group, what is your best piece of advice for them for how to leverage it and become active
2: within the group? So I recommend kind of taking a two-step approach there. One is join the group and start commenting on other people's posts and being of service. It is amazing to me how many people leave vast amounts of PR, publicity, marketing exposure for their businesses on the table by not just commenting Mm -hmm. and providing value on other people's posts. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing you can do. And people start to really know, like, and trust you just because you're responding to their posts. The second step is to start posting high quality, valuable content in the group. Any group, just pick a couple.
1: Good advice. Oh, yeah. Um, outside of the the um, networking group that you have on, well, I guess it's not even a networking group. It's just a LinkedIn group. Um, what would be your top piece of advice for somebody who's thinking of starting, like how you did, getting out of the corporate world and diving into the entrepreneurial stratosphere?
2: So my first piece of advice is to explore free resources as much as possible. So Mm -hmm. there are some amazing resources out there. There is the Wake Tech Entrepreneurship Center, which has an amazing array of free and low cost options, and they're going to give you good advice. Also, check out SCORE. If you haven't checked out SCORE, do so. And And what is SCORE? score is
0: it's are retired executives that are basically free business coaches oh and they are wonderful wonderful
2: they know what they're doing yep and so many people don't even know score exists and it, it just breaks my heart because people will go out and they'll spend 20 dollars 50,000 on so-called business coaches online and <laughs> mike is Cackling over there because he yeah. knows what I'm talking about yeah. and it just breaks my heart because you get all this bogus information from somebody who has no business background and then you know the other thing I say is go find some really good mentors in the online world who mm-hmm. offer a combination of free and paid experiences that's one of the things I do try out a free workshop first talk to the person get to know them before you decide to buy it. and if somebody is like using all kinds of manipulative ways to try to get you to buy from them, run for the hills. And also ask a lot of questions about somebody's experience before you engage with them. Because if somebody tells you it's an easy three or five step process, make a bazillion dollars oh, in just three days yeah. oh. in six weeks, you'll be at six yeah, figures.
0: That's the standard Blah. phrase. Blah. Hey, uh-huh. six figures either dot 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 six figures or six figures dot dot dot. It just deleted just because de- yeah. they didn't do it in 30 days. No. No No matter what they tell you, but I'm smart enough to help you do it. No, 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 no. You you rob a bank, you get six figures in 30 days. Otherwise, a little more difficult.
2: Well, and building the kind of like online presence that it takes to get to six figures and build that level of trust is huge. So you can't just do it in 30 days. I'm so sorry to tell you that.
0: No, it took you, you're almost to 70,000. When did you start your... Facebook
2: group? May of 2015. Yeah. And I grew it to 60,000 almost in two years. And then it slowed down and then it sped back up depending on how much effort and energy I'm putting into the group and what the Facebook algorithms are. However, it's taken a while to figure out how to monetize it. And some people will circle you for two, three, five years before they'll ever talk to you. So people think that, oh yeah, I'm going to go online and I'm going to post three times and I'm going to make myself six figures. Yeah. Yeah, that's a
0: And you can't grow it in a week. All of a sudden you start your Facebook group and within 21 days, you'll, no, you won't. You'll have to buy those people. I mean, you go out and buy names or leads or stuff like that, but you to grow organically like you did, not a chance.
2: Well, I mean- To be fair, some people do use things like challenges and free webinars Mm -hmm. to grow their groups. So, the way it works is that you run an ad and you get somebody to sign up for a free challenge, and then you redirect them to your group to become a member of the group, and you run the challenge from the group. If you're willing to grow your group in increments of two to three hundred people and spend between three and four thousand dollars a pop, on just the ad spend, not the ads manager. Mm-hmm. The ads manager is probably going to be another 1000 to $1,500. If you're willing to do that once a month and then sell off the back end and do that, you know, and build out your funnel. So if you're willing to spend twenty to $50,000 to get where you need to go, you can do it in a period of three to six months. You can absolutely do it. But it requires a pretty big outlay, which honestly, most small business owners just don't have. Mm. Right. And I wish there was more transparency in the online world of, well, there's two ways you can do it. You can do it organically or you can do it paid or you can, well, I guess the third way is um, do combination. a combination, mm-hmm. right? But, you know, just be aware that this is how it works. You can do A, B, or C, your choice. And once people see that, they're like, oh, suddenly it makes a lot more sense. Different people. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
1: So Mike, you look at Mike's it, trying like, to tell me what to do. No, no, no. Uh huh. He was uh-huh, just wrong. That's uh-huh, all he was was I wrong. <laughs> see. I like to take notes for my next question. I know, but I saw like you reading
0: ask. this one. It's like, no no, 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 no. Next show, next show.
2: Squirrel. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, then now they're gonna ask me really hard questions. Really hard questions?
0: Oh, dang, that was the best. Oh, wow. Oh. She didn't flinch at that.
2: Yeah. I'm like, ooh, uh. excited. Let's go for hard ones.
1: Well, I don't really have very Hard questions per se, but I do have a question that we like to ask all of our guests because um, we are business coaches and we do work with a lot of awesome clients. And we have all of these listeners that tune in and listen to us every week, which we're really appreciative Mm -hmm. of. So what question do you have for us that we can answer for our listeners?
2: That's a good one. So what I would ask you is, you know, when somebody is first. Starting out, what is the biggest mistake that you see most people who are just starting in their businesses make? You
1: want to head that one on? Okay.
0: You go first.
2: So,
1: most people, when they're first starting, I think the biggest mistake that they make is not necessarily something that they're doing, but more of their mental attitude of not really being prepared for what it takes to run a small business that it is super hard work, and you're going to have to, um, at some point, you're going to have to give up something else. So like how we were talking about earlier, you you just can't have it all. You can't have the freedom and the flexibility and the vacation time right off the bat. You have to be willing to put in the work, put in the effort, or put in the money. And those are the ways that you're going to grow your business. And if you're coming into it with a different idea or a different perception of what you think it's going to be like, then you're going to be very, very disappointed in running your small business.
0: And the other thing people struggle with, which will kill a business is you're just underfunded. Mm -hmm. I can't live for six months without cashing a paycheck. That's fine. It's not for small business ownership is not for everybody. So you either have to have enough money set aside to know because once you tell yourself I'm not gonna make a penny for six months. It kind of takes, as long as you have the money set aside, it kind of takes the pressure off of you. Cause then you don't, and we've all done this. Oh, any client you're breathing, <laughs> come my way, we'll do that. But they're they're underfunded. And that's the one of the hardest things to understand what it's gonna take to, to get to that point. So you gotta know your numbers.
1: Yep. And in addition to that, every person that is an entrepreneur is a salesperson. And I think that that mm. is grossly understated when people, you know, everyone talks about entrepreneurship and going out there and the American dream, but really we should replace entrepreneur with sales. Mm. And I think a whole lot, um, less people would want to go after that because if you ask most people that are starting a business and you say, Hey, do you love being in sales? They're like, no, I hate being in sales. And that's what it takes to, cause you're selling something somebody has to buy either if it's a product or an idea or coaching or you know the people going live in your facebook or whatever it is we're all selling something and there are a lot of people that are really good technicians that are really good at what they do but they're not equipped to be in a sales role Mm.
2: that was me when i started my first business was that i like people just fine but i'm not necessarily an extrovert I had to learn that as a business owner, people wanted to talk to me first, mm-hmm. always. And I had to get my head out of my butt. I mean, that was definitely it. And the, the funding thing is so true.
0: Yep. And there are different ways to sell. We the, the stereotype salesperson is back in the 50s, all the movies we saw. The suit, the hat, Glenn the briefcase. Glen Oh, what a great movie. But they knocked on doors. Shoe salesman, vacuum cleaner, encyclopedia. You young kids go ask your parents what those are. But that's the but there's different ways to sell. Now you sell online. Yeah. Ten different type ten different ways a day. you either posturing something, you're on live, you have somebody else on live, you're doing your build a tribe. So there's different ways to sell, but at the end of the day, you gotta sell.
2: Well, you've got to sell something or you're not gonna pay the bills.
0: Right. It's an easy math equation. Yeah. So wh- one last question, Marie, speaking of Facebook, what is their role today in a, the digital world of trying to grow or run a business?
2: It depends on your business. Okay. One of the phrases that I learned that I walked away from Duke with was, it always depends. <laughs> I, could, I can get behind that statement. So, you know, it really depends on your business. Is your business B2B? Is it B2C? What size of clients are you looking for? But it can be a phenomenal way to grow your business. And Facebook, make no mistake, makes their money from getting you onto their platform and keeping you there. And um, they are very, very invested in the keeping you there. And the group, option is one of the ways that they're making a lot of investments. Um, I'm pleased to announce that as of today, I can actually say this. I am a Facebook certified community manager Mm -hmm. and they are making huge investments in keeping people on the platform. So they want to see people who are going to keep you on the platform and help build communities on the platform. And they make their money from ads So the only way they're going to make money from ads is if you're on the platform. So it just makes sense that, you know, as a business owner, the way they make money is selling ads. Well, you've got tons and tons of users there, and they are dedicated to having a really interesting, rich, diverse set of groups and platforms so that people want to come and stay and spend a bit more time. The entire algorithm on Facebook, love it or hate it right now, especially with a lot of the political posts, is geared to feed you more of what you are liking, Mm -hmm. commenting on, sharing, all of that. And so, you know, if you're liking commenting and engaging a ton with political posts, you're going to get to see lots Lots more of, of them. Yeah.
0: What does a certified community manager mean? And congratulations, by the way.
2: It was a um, certification exam that I had to study for, prepare for, and um, learn a lot more about what Facebook considers a community and how it considers a community to act and behave, understanding different strategies for community growth. So it's not just a Facebook group, but it can also be an Instagram account. It can be a Facebook page And then understanding different ways that you can leverage and monetize them, run ads, getting people onto it. So really understanding the dynamics behind how the different types of entities or, you know, objects that Facebook works with, which are the, you know, the groups, the pages, and then the Instagram accounts, you know, and understanding how do you work with those? I was going to ask how, because I know that you're very active on Facebook.
1: How active are you on other platforms?
2: Um, I am pretty active on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I have about 4,200 contacts on LinkedIn and I post most days and I interact with people most days. I do the same on, um, Instagram and I have about 23,000 followers on Twitter as well.
1: Yeah, I don't tweet. That one's just lost to me. I'm not perfect enough to
0: be on Twitter.
2: (laughs) Twitter doesn't really require perfection so much as lots of opinions. If
0: you listen to the comments people make, they've never been wrong.
2: Yeah,
1: Yeah, no doubt. I I just um, have a little link when I click on my Instagram, it automatically posts to Twitter, and that's my only interaction with Twitter. I just don't have the bandwidth to have one more thing to have to go and look at. For wow.
0: those of us who are not tech savvy, what's the one thing about Facebook that we should not be scared about and it's easier to do than we think?
2: One thing that we should not be scared about. Um, you know, it really depends on what your use case is for Facebook. Are you doing it to run a business? Are you let's doing say it we're running to, a business. Um, you know, connecting with people. Is really much easier than you think, as long as you are not cutting and pasting, because cutting and pasting will get you put into Facebook jail. Mm. You get about three cut and pastes in a row before you get your account locked. Um, you know, but you can really connect with a large number of people that you might not otherwise be able to reach by I joining community that. groups and sending friend requests and starting conversations, just real, genuine conversations. Mm-hmm.
0: That's the one thing I've noticed being home with COVID and having more time online. I had no idea the impact of just commenting, just reading what you say. And you know what, Haley, I agree because I found this when I did that. And here comes 12 replies. And it just, I was not prepared for, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. People really do want conversations and to learn. I I was impressed by that.
2: And you can do a lot of it as long as you're not being openly promotional on your Mm. personal page. Yeah. So
1: for our loyal listeners out there, if they want to find you, how would they find you?
2: Um, Hide and go seek.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Order cinnamon
1: rolls. (laughs) (laughs) Follow the scent of the cinnamon
2: rolls. (laughs) I'm somewhere in Cary. Come find me. Um, So they can find me in womensentrepreneurnetwork.org or the Women's Entrepreneur Network on Facebook. They can find me on LinkedIn, Haley Gray. Um, They can also find me. And that's G-R-A-Y. G-R-A-Y and Haley, H-A-L-E-Y, no extra letters in there. And they can also find me on my Fiercely Marketing website, which is fiercelymarketing.com.
0: We forgot to ask you early on, you mentioned why you don't go by Haley Lynn Gray in the business world. Oh, we forgot to ask you that. So.
2: so I actually go by Haley Lynn Gray in a lot of the business world because when I went to go publish my first book, um, I found out that there is another very prolific author out there by the name of Haley Gray on Amazon. And apparently she likes chocolate and erotica. And she is a very, very <laughs> pro- prolific well, erotica well, author.
0: All right, duh, right? I mean, come <laughs> right? on. Right?
2: <laughs>
1: erotica it's the same thing come on is it chocolate
0: erotica (laughs) i mean i keep that in our left-hand drawer in the kitchen for becky i'm like yeah it's always good (laughs) when there's chocolate there so
1: well this has been a lot of fun getting to know you better um thank you for sharing your nuggets of wisdom and your time with us today we really appreciate it know that you're a busy lady Mm -hmm. and of course listeners We want you to love us even more. So if you haven't already, please go out, like us, subscribe, share, share, share away. Share all this amazingness with all of your friends and family.
0: And I want to thank Haley because it was about probably four months ago because I'm a consulting director in BNI and I'm a consulting director for her chapter. And that's when you kind of finally one day said, hey, and I saw it in parentheses, dummy, call me. I want to help you. And sure enough, I did that. And every Tuesday at 1130 a.m. Eastern time, I do my uh, presentation in her Women's Entrepreneur Network group. And I've met new people that way. But it was Haley reaching out to me, said, I know what you're thinking. Dumbass. Call me. I can help, but you do that for people. You're, and I appreciate that very much. And it's, you know, it's, it's allowed us to meet some new people and a couple of people that we're going to have on our podcast because of you.
2: That's pretty awesome. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. It's been really, really fun getting to know you too. And, you know, hopefully some more exposure. It's a beautiful thing.
0: We're, we're, we're talking about some stuff. We're smart enough to hang around with the smart people. So we got that down. Pat.
1: Yeah. I just find people that are smarter than me and just tag along. Loads of fun. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. And <laughs> me both.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we got our plugs in for our show and our website. Oh, we got a new program.
2: Oh, yeah. Our Seeing
0: 2021. Yes. Go to our website at wired to change
1: With the number two.
0: And sign up. If you scroll down on the left-hand side, it's Seeing 2021. And we're going to kick COVID's butt because we're over it. We're tired about it. We're going to set our goals for 2021. It's never too late to do that.
1: No. And actually now is planning month. October yes. is the month that you need to have your business plan and your marketing plan ready to go. If you wait until November or December, it's too late. You have to have things already in place. So we're really excited to work with um, a bunch of new small business owners. Mm -hmm. The last time that we ran the seminar, it was awesome. We got amazing feedback. You can go out and look at some of the reviews and love that we got from people that have come to it before.
0: And it is virtual. So go to the website, sign up, preserve your seat.
1: Anyone can sign up from anywhere. Yeah. Three
0: hours cost you four bucks For this knowledge and this entertainment. So, oh, yeah. Go check us out on our uh, website, wired2change.com, and we'll see you next time on our Wired to Change podcast.